Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Screen Streets. I am Joel, and I'm here with my buddy Cameron. We are here to talk to you about movies from the past, present, and the future. And uh, we have an email address that is screenstreets at gmail.com if you wish to reach us with any comments or concerns or requests or just let us know how you're doing. Let us know you're a fan. We gladly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, with the pleasantries out of the way, how are you doing, Cameron? Hey, buddy, I'm tired. You know, just living my life, doing that work thing, watching my family, watching movies. Yeah, yeah, I watched, uh, I needed to talk to you because I watched uh, The Godfather again recently. Yeah. Okay. And I remember you watched The Godfather somewhat recently. And yeah, you said, a year or two ago. Okay, yeah, well, that's recently. Yeah. In, you know, in, uh, the, in the grand general scheme of The Godfather, yes, that's very recent. Yeah. And I remember you saying, like, you liked it, but you didn't seem to love it as much as everybody else. And I just needed to say that that you're wrong because it's a perfect movie. It's so damn good. And, that and another, you got, does that join Back to the Future in the Ten Club? I think it does. I okay. think it does. All right, we're it's, up to two, folks. We're up to two. It's such a perfect movie, and uh, you, you got to admit that. Or I think I have to cancel this podcast. I think I'll cancel our friendship, and then I'm going to hunt you down. As a as a person, like I I think it just is one of those things where like I've like I saw it too late because I've seen all the all the things that it has inspired. So like it seemed trite to me, even though it was not at all. Like it's just it was the first of its kind, but I've already seen it so often. So like I, but it's I still dislike, so I good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it was good. I know. But it's like I, I found it hard to be like amazed by it because I've like I've seen it a bunch, even though that well, movie is the reason that I've seen it a bunch. Maybe maybe give it a rewatch, knowing what you know, and just just watch these those performances, man. I... Just watch Pacino. It's Pacino. Damn, he was never better. Like he went too far later, and I mean he's still good, but he was never better than he was in The Godfather. I'm gonna need to check it out again. And Brando at the top of his game. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just I just saw that and I was thinking, this is a perfect movie. Well, this I, is I, a ten. I don't, don't is... want to get hunted down, so I'll, I'll yeah. give it a I'll give it another run through the Rolodex. I don't want a most dangerous game, you. No. I... I'm a pretty easy hunt. <laughs> well, you know, you never underestimate your prey. But, uh, so, so what are your uh, what are your kids been watching lately? Nothing good, you know. A lot of YouTube, a lot of uh, Zig and Sharko is a show they watch. Yeah, which tell is me about terrible. Zig and Sharko. It's it's a foreign animation show. I don't know what kind of foreign. You know, some kind of Middle Eastern, maybe. I don't know. It's like they don't speak at all. Is it, is it, is it the latest in Afghanistan animation? Afghanistan animation. <laughs> I was thinking that. Yeah, from Super Troopers. I don't know. Yeah, it's like this uh, shark and this beaver thing are vying for the affection of this mermaid and they don't talk and it's a bunch of 
wackadoodle nonsense, and I don't like it. Um, that's I don't like yeah, these shows. That sounds interesting. I'm trying. I'm trying to make them watch like you know, Batman the animated series, Gargoyles, things that I grew up with that were good. Mm-hmm. In my day, stuff was good. Are they falling flat? Yeah, they're falling pretty flat. That sucks. Yeah. Kids these days, man. No, the animation isn't as good anymore. Or at least I'm just, I'm kind of like stuck in my ways like you. Like I see these like Cartoon Network shows now that are so like critically acclaimed, like Adventure Time. I'm like, this show looks like shit. Yeah. I'm like the like the stories and jokes might be there, but like it's not cool to look at for me. Yeah, it looks like cleaner somehow, but less less uh, charming. Absolutely, less going on. It's no uh, the real Ghostbusters or anything. Oh, that, yeah, I love that one. That was a big was one good stuff. in the 80s. It's good. It was good stuff, man. Real we grew up with the good stuff. Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe. That's what I grew up on. All right. Supposedly, the, the She-Ra cartoon they have now is really good. I've heard that. I just I was a She-Ra guy. Yeah. I wasn't... I mean, that was one that kind of blew past me, but... I don't know. I, I don't know. Guy. Maybe I was a boy. Like He Man's for boys, She Ra's for girls. That was my mindset when I was a little kid. Yeah, I guess in the eighties that's how it was. But it's twenty twenty one now, and mm-hmm. gender is is just a construct, buddy. Yep. Anyway, yeah. On to word on the street. Anyway. Yeah. And uh, first up, word on the street is that Joss Whedon is not a really cool guy, man. Like, he's, he's, like, more and more and more people keep coming out about this fucking guy and his antics on set, which kind of tickle me because he was so beloved in the 90s and 2000s, and I just never got it, really. I mean, it doesn't tickle me that he's an asshole and he, like, fucks with people. <laughs> but I'm just, like... That doesn't tickle me. I like that he's not just this, like, he-can-do-no-wrong kind of character. Because, like, people were coming out, like, from, like, the Justice League. God, what a fucking train wreck that movie set must have been. Like, I, it wasn't I can't it most stop talking future? about the Justice League on this fucking show. Because, like, we're going to see wasn't the it Snyder mostly Cut. Fisher? What's that? Say that again? Hmm. I was saying, wasn't it mostly Ray Fisher has been riding that Joss Whedon hate yeah, for a while he, now? he was the first one. And then... Jason Momoa came out and corroborated it and was just like, yeah, that was that was a bad fucking time. And then Gal Gadot came out and was just like, yeah, that's one of my least favorite movie set experiences that I've had. <laughs> and now, like, over the past couple days, like, people from the Buffy world are like, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Like, Charisma Carpenter has come out saying, like, that she, like, was just emotionally manipulated and abused by the guy like every day and made to like be alienated by her cast. And then Michelle Trachtenberg came out and was just like, yeah, I, I stand by that. Like it was, I'm not, I'm not a Joss Whedon guy either. 
And I'm like, man, you just... Once Nathan Fillion comes out, like, once Nathan Fillion comes out, the everyone's going to be like, okay, he's canceled. Like, Nathan Fillion's our guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like Nathan Fillion's like, yeah. the man. Like, Joss Whedon was an asshole to me. Like, how dare you? Or anybody from the Avengers. I haven't heard anybody from the Avengers say that was a bad time. That's true. Probably could. I don't know, man. Like, you don't want to fuck that up. I guess you don't. Best fucking behavior. You don't want to fuck up Justice League? I don't. (laughs) don't That's like going from Transformers to GoBots. I guess. I guess. I just, I didn't know it was so widely corroborated. I thought it was just Ray Fisher kind of dismissive of it, like a guy looking for attention, but maybe. People have been coming out left and fucking right about this guy, like all over the last, like, week or two. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, just the last couple days or so was, like, the Buffy players. That sucks. I love Firefly. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Man. You can still enjoy yeah. it. It's it's sad when you learn how things were bad. I guess it's probably I mean they probably didn't have a good time, but it's not like it was in like, you know, the forties and fifties when they would just you know beat their stars like they did with uh Judy Garland. Oh yeah, like who was that that I heard about like not that long ago that like it was like a very well-respected actor, and he like slapped somebody in the face like during a scene. Ah, I can't I'm, remember. Like, I forget too. I, I think I know what you're talking about. I just, yeah, yeah. People, yeah. I was like fucking robert duvall or something some like very well respected older actor like slapped some younger actor in the face and he was like oh that was a bad day for me i don't think it was specifically let's not name someone we're not sure of here no i'm just i said someone like that someone of that stature okay (laughs) anyway anyway moving on yeah uh word on the street is that gina carano has been shit canned from the mandalorian for kind of dumbass tweets that she's made yeah and like it's i i haven't really watched the mandalorian but i know it's an enormous fucking show yes and like i'm like you can say things online and whatever but you can't really say things online and like be the star of the tentpole show of like a fucking the biggest media corporation in the world. Well, if your views don't align with, you know, the public or this perception, because it's one thing it's coming out, you know, like Pedro Pascal has his own tweets, but his tweets are like far, far left, not far right. So it's like, I saw that. I guess that's okay. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think both are dumb. I think it's dumb to go yeah. to Twitter, like, unless you need to go to Twitter to, like, promote something. Why do these people mess with Twitter? What are they doing? I don't know. I don't know. Like, like if, if you're a big-time celebrity, you should lay the fuck off Twitter because your life gets ruined real quick 
by one person being like, look what he said. I, I'm never in support of these canceling type things. Like, yes, it's, it's a stupid thing to do, but it's like, oh, no, man, it stinks. I don't, know, I don't agree with her, but to her credit, like, she hasn't fucking apologized either. Like, she's like, I said that because that's what I felt. Right. And, like, most people, when caught up in that cancel culture shit, are just, like, immediately put out a statement. And she's just like, no, like I got fired from my job. Okay, I'll find another one. Yeah, I like, I, I enjoy when people. I, appreci- I appreciate that moxie. It's, yeah, that's why I liked when uh, Howard Stern, when he did the blackface and they came at him recently for his blackface from like 20 years ago. And he's like, yeah, I did that shit. I thought it was funny at the time. Whatever. Not like, uh, not like jimmy fallon and jimmy kimmel who like had right pre-made apology statements like as soon as it happened correct where it's just like ugh. but okay uh, yeah like i appreciate her just like i don't agree with her views necessarily but i no. i agree with her ability to stand her ground like no. if that's what you feel fucking own it don't like kowtow to what other people are telling you you need to think or like you need to fit into our box and she's like no I'm good I guess I just think being on Twitter is stupid but I also think I I fully agree I also think losing your job is stupid and it's not gonna it's gonna make the show worse she was a cool presence on that show there's not a lot of chicks who are look like they could beat up a lot of dudes and she's one of them that's true that is absolutely true like she looks like a truck looks like a truck man she looks i know that like technically there's a lot you know like the actual ufc stars right now like nunez and uh cyborg and them they could just all i'm sure they don't they just don't look as tough they don't have those big shoulders and she's got like a supermodel beautiful face like it just the package works it's a good package and uh finally a word on the street and other bad people news Turns out Marilyn Manson's not a good guy. <laughs> Who the uh, thunk it? Turns, turns out the Antichrist superstar was a bit of a rascal. Who the thunk it, man? Yeah. So uh, Evan Rachel Wood of of Westworld and other things has kind of come forward. They had a pretty long relationship, and she came forward with. Like, a couple of years ago, she came forward saying she was, like, a victim of severe abuse. And just, like, over the last week, she came out and said it was Marilyn Manson who did it. Yeah. And, like, this has caused a bunch of others to come forward and be like, yep. Like, I I can top that. Like, uh, Ismay Bianco from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, she, played she a came forward. Prostitute. She came forward and said some awful shit. Like, she was saying, like, you would just, like, beat her and whip her and shock her with electric wands. He'd, like, cut her with a knife during sex. And I'm just like, he sounds like a delight. (laughs) Like, I'd never looked at him and would have thought, like, he's probably a piece of shit. 
I I would. <laughs> I think I think he bought into his own hype, man. He probably wasn't like that in the beginning, and then he's like, yeah, I am the Antichrist and stuff. Yeah, it's it's been known for a couple of years because when Evan Rachel Wood detailed her abuse a couple of years ago, it was like everyone knew it was Marilyn Manson. Yeah. It was like I've, she gave yes. the dates when they were together and all this stuff. So it was like everybody knew, but she finally just kind of formalized it. And uh, I mean, he denies it, I guess. Of I course, what you're gonna. How you can. But yeah, like if you don't deny it, you go to jail. Like those are like prison charges. And uh, well, I think that's that's what she's fighting for is to extend the statute of limitations. Is that's what she wants to do? Because as he can't go to jail right now for it, apparently, it's been long enough that he's in the clear. But uh, his record label dropped him, so he's he's facing those consequences. Yeah, yeah I, this is. I'm I'm okay with this kind of cancel culture if you like beat and abuse and rape women you can get dropped from your fucking label <laughs> i guess i guess so man it's yeah if it's a, uh, it's like arrestable charges you know he's got maybe he should be arrested and go to jail and end up having sex with the juice because that's what he did in sons of anarchy he had sex oh, with a man right. i forgot about that yeah he, he 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 banged a dude in uh, Sons of Anarchy in jail. He was the white supremacist leader. He's got to be like the ugliest guy to ever become like a sex idol. He's, He's a, up there. He was always weird looking, but he had that like thin goth guy. But now he's not so yeah. thin. <laughs> he's he's now he's Fat Manson, so it's not a good look. He just he's he's very unattractive. Like I see him without his makeup and it's like, oh, it's like chubby Nicolas Cage with a pale face. <laughs> you look awful. But he bangs these women that are like starlets. And I'm like, Oh, good for you. But not good for you because you treat them very horribly. Yeah. So yeah, this weekend on the street is not not a fun one, man. Like, there's there's no real fun news stories. Like, the headlines were dominated by creeps. A lot of bummers. Yeah. And uh, before we get to the movie reviews, I want to just make, like, a statement. Okay. Which is, like, you know this. And I don't know if a lot of our listeners know this. I have severe neuropathy. And I... uh like, I, I'm amputated from, like, below the knee on my left leg. And there's, like, this thing that happens to me where when I see something, like, gruesome or painful, I get, like, some kind of, like, the neurotransmitters in my brain feel that pain that I'm seeing and send it to my leg. And I feel about four to five seconds of like the most intense fucking pain in my residual limb. Yeah. It's the weirdest fucking thing. Like someone could be telling me a story. They'll be like, Oh, and I ripped my fingernail off and then my leg will just start twitching. And they're like, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, it hurts. <laughs> they're like, what the? you're weird. But I don't know. Ever since I lost my leg, like when I see something really gruesome or 
hear a story that makes me feel that pain, I feel it in my leg and it's excruciating, but it only lasts for a few seconds. And that doesn't happen to me that often. It happened to me four times watching this week's films. Wow. So I, I had a rough week of like watching things that made me cringe and pain. Neuroempathy. So yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to just wanted to prime people. We've we've watched a brutal slate this week. Yeah, somewhat, yeah. And uh with that being said, I just wanna prepare them. And you. I'm ready. For maybe you can guess which moments these happen at. I have at uh, least one movie in mind, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Three of them came from that one. Okay. <laughs> I figured. But uh yeah, so with that being said, we move on to for your consideration. Cameron, what did you watch? For your consideration, you had me watch 2019 Jojo Rabbit by Taika Waititi. And Jojo Rabbit is about a 10-year-old boy in war time, World War II era Germany. And uh, he's He's a fanatic. He's a little Nazi fanatic. Like, he loves Nazis. He loves them so much. And he loves them so much that his, like, imaginary friend is Hitler. And Hitler's his little, his little, uh, little cheerleader. And he's, he's like, you're the man, little Jojo. <laughs> the kid's name is Jojo. Johannes. They call him Jojo. And, uh, yeah, Jojo is in going through like Hitler youth and doing all this stuff. And then eventually you find like his mom's hiding a Jew in the attic and he's kind of at a stalemate, this Jewish girl who's like a teenage girl. And he doesn't he doesn't want to turn her in, doesn't want to get his mom in trouble. And then he kind of finds out his mom's played. His mom is played by Scarlett Johansson, and you kind of find out she's more of a Nazi hater. She's not sympathetic to the Nazi cause, and JoJo just kind of grows. Grows. He grows to learn he, that Jews aren't the worst, maybe. And yeah, that's the that's the gist of it. Without getting into everything, there it's just about this right. little Nazi boy kind of growing and um it was delightful it was it really was. <laughs> it was a delightful quirky movie it was uh it was what i thought it was it was like because you know and this might not be popular i'm not a fan particularly of wes anderson films i feel I. I feel like this is what i would like a wes anderson film to be like it's super quirky and weird and little things going on, but it's still that's a good take. I like, but that. it's still good, you know. <laughs> like it's not just quirky for yeah. quirky's sake. Like it's working towards something. Like I feel like Wes Anderson films just getting quirky, just to be quirky. But this one, the quirks are there with jokes, with storylines. Absolutely. Like, that's a good take. I like that. I like that it's like a Wes Anderson movie that's good. 
that I enjoy. I don't know. That's that's just what came across to me when they were doing the the gag when they were when Stephen Merchant and his uh his gang of Gestapo came into the house and then they're just constantly Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler. I was uh, which was a delightful little thing going on, and I was like, this is this is almost like Wes Anderson, but so much better. I'm surprised you hadn't seen it because I'm like, it's so good. Yeah. I don't know. I I had figured it would probably be fine. I just never. The thing is, I know people loved. Um, what was his first movie? I don't know if it was Taika's first first movie. I do love what we do in the shadows, but um, right. And then he did one with a kid in New Zealand. Crud! I wish I could remember. And it had Sam Neill. Uh, yeah, Hunt for the Wilder Yeah, Hunt people. for the Wilder People, which I didn't really care for, to be honest. I don't know why. I didn't either, really. Hunt for the Wilder People just didn't grab me. And I thought maybe, for some reason, I thought Jojo Rabbit would be kind of similar. Like, maybe that's just, a, you know, he's Taika's kid's stories. But, now nah, I liked it a lot more. And, like, I thought the the children acting performances were off the charts oh yeah all the kids were great my favorite was ah what was his little fat friend's name i forget that kid was incredible Uh, yeah uh yinko something Something like that that. i forget too yeah something like that (laughs) yeah that every time yeah he stole he stole the scene every time he came on He's uh he's playing the the new version of Kevin in the Home Alone reboot. It's gonna be that kid. Oh really? Okay. Yep. Okay. I know that uh Pete Holmes is gonna be in the new Home Alone reboot. So a lot of people are. A lot of people I like are gonna be in that movie. So maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe we'll give it a shot. Maybe it'll be better than. I'll definitely check it out. I mean, hopefully it'll be better than Home Alone three or four and five or whatever. All these. Other sequels. I can't imagine it wouldn't be like with the cast it has. Yeah. But yeah, Jojo Rabbit. And especially Archie Yates as Kevin. Like he's he was so good in this movie. I'm like, I would love to see him take on a couple of burglars. Absolutely. Wait, you mean do you mean Jojo or the little chubby kid? The little okay. chubby kid. Yeah, I thought Jojo was great too. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson was great. Yeah, the Ro- Roman Griffin Davis. Like, I thought that was an amazing fucking breakout performance. It was. It was. He was, like I said, every time he was on screen, he was stealing the scene, and he was delightful. And Sam Rockwell was great, as always. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Rockwell, who shows up as, like, the this drunken, doesn't-give-a-crap sort of leader of the little Hitler youth, and then... And then it's just this lovable doofus, turns out. Yeah, like he's like he's heading up the Hitler youth, but he's like helping them help the Jew. And his little right. And then he like he saves JoJo's life at the end by telling the telling them that he's a Jew, and they're like, "Oh, we'll let him go then." Yeah, and he has a little right hand man played by Theon from a. Uh from Game of Thrones and they're just this, they have this yeah. weird relationship probably gay apparently behind the scenes I got that kind of like like that was a thing going on but yeah there was 
it was funny when he's like, uh, no, I didn't want German shepherds. I wanted dogs. <laughs> he had brought in shepherds from Germany. Yeah. That, was a, yeah. Uh, that whole thing. That Yeah, there was funny shit in this movie. It was good. It was really good. I'm glad you finally watched it. Taika Waititi. What would, you, what would you give Jojo Rabbit? I give it an eight. An eight. I, yeah, I was delighted. I think I would give it like an 8.5 for me. Okay. I really, it's really pretty like good. It. Yeah, Taika Waititi, I mean, when he hits, he hits, man. Like, Thor Ragnarok might yeah. be my favorite MCU film. What we... That one's a 10 out of 10 for me. What We Do in the Shadows is one of the funniest movies ever. You've seen that one, right? He's... Okay. I have. The guy from... Yeah, no, he's... He's he's a talented motherfucker. Yeah. I agree. And all right. You had me watch... Uh, what year is it from? 2000... No, I think it's 2002. Oh, shit. 2002's Road to Perdition, starring Tom Hanks as Michael Sullivan, a hitman who works for John Dooley, played by Paul Paul Newman. And uh, he and Dooley's son, Connor, played by Daniel Craig, like Tom Hanks and Daniel Craig kind of work for Paul Newman as like taking care of business and Newman has always looked at Michael Sullivan, Tom Hanks. I'm just going to use their actor names. Yeah, yeah. Paul Newman looks at Tom Hanks as like the son he never had. And he works with the son he actually has. So like Daniel Craig is very resentful towards Tom Hanks and they go out to do a job together, and Daniel Craig bumbles it and ends up killing this guy that they were just supposed to talk to. And Tom Hanks's young son was like in the in the car hiding and saw the whole thing. And so they're like, "Shit! Like he won't tell anyone. Don't worry about it. Like he's cool." But, but uh. Daniel Craig uses this as like leverage to be like we need to we need to get him out of the picture, and he attempts to have Tom Hanks killed, but Hanks spoils the plan. But then he's like, "Shit, my family," and he goes home to find his his wife and son dead, but his other son evaded evaded being killed, and then those two go on the road trying to find sanctuary and in the meantime Jude Law gets hired as a hitman to take out Tom Hanks and his son and it becomes like this cat and mouse type game throughout like the Prohibition era and uh, yeah I thought it was fucking nice I liked it a whole lot. I uh, I really like Boardwalk Empire, and this reminded me a lot of that. Yeah. Just like 
the locales and the outfits and the cars and it just it reminded me of boardwalk empire which i really enjoyed has some and like, amazing performances to me i i told you i think it's one of my favorite yeah. tom hanks performance i mean it's just so unlike a tom hanks we normally see and it's totally believable like tom hanks is this enforcer and i'm like i believe it i agree with that i just there's too many great tom hanks performances for me to feel like it's the best i'm just saying it's up there for me and like paul newman in one of his last one of his last roles Awesome, yeah. Paul Newman, like you said, Daniel Craig, a younger, a younger Daniel Craig, like as a shithead little fucker that you hate. Like Paul Newman can say more with a glance than most people can say with a whole script. Yeah. Like he's incredible at what yeah. he does, and he does that in this movie a few times. He makes a glance, and I'm like, "Ooh, it's on." Yeah. But, like, yeah, like you said, Daniel Craig, like, I'm not used to seeing him as, like, the kind of chicken shit heel of sorts, you know? Like, he's usually kind of, like, the heavy. And in this one, he's, like, the sniveling little shit trying to do things behind the scenes. And there's a... And, like, while I was watching it, while I was watching it, I, I texted you, I was, like, I checked to see if the cinematography, if this was nominated for Best Cinematography, and it turns out it won Best Cinematography because I thought it was so beautiful. Yeah. Like, all the scenes of them just in dumping down rain, and they're just, like, walking in these trench coats with their guns. It just looks so cool. Well, uh, it... And then there was a scene... I was just going to say, it was based on a graphic novel, actually. And uh, they take a lot of those, like... They took a lot of those like iconic kind of images straight from that, I believe. Okay, that's. I mean, out. it kind of it has that look. Yeah, there, there, there was this cool fucking shot where, like, there. Tom Hanks is like in a church, and like the the camera is like focused on his vengeful face, like, but like with the the row of candles in front of it, and it just looks so awesome. Yeah. And then there was the scene where Daniel Craig gets killed at the end. Where, like, you don't see him get killed, but as Tom Hanks leaves, like, the bathroom door closes and you see him in the bathroom door mirror, brains blown out. I was like, oh, that looked awesome. Yeah. The sh- so, yeah, I just I thought the cinematography. Yeah, was the, the shots were amazing. I loved when, uh, in the rain, when he's taking out Paul Newman's guys, like, one by one, and you don't hear it. It's like this silent thing and the camera is just focused on Paul Newman kind of like accepting his fate. Like as soon as the guys yeah. start falling, he's like, yep, this is what I had coming to me. Like when he, like, this is just me being a silly ass, but like, because he had like a fucking Tommy gun. I was thinking of angels with dirty faces from home alone. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like all his guys are like, wait, wait, I didn't do it. He's but like, my Tommy wait. gun. But my Tommy gun, <laughs> yeah. <I> don't. <laughs> or when Paul Newman's like, I'm glad it was you. I'm glad it had, if it was anyone, I'm glad it was you. And he's just like, all right. Now it's time to pump your guts <laughs> full of lead. 
That's just, I don't know why. Like I said, I'm a silly ass. I just, I see a Tommy gun and I think of fucking Home Alone. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, I get that. I watched Home Alone a lot this last Christmas, so. And, uh, like the scene in the diner with Jude Law and Tom Hanks was so fucking tense and awesome. Yeah. Tom Hanks escapes out. Yeah. I dug it a lot, dude. Jude Law is a creepy fucker, man. It can be for like sure. Like in the movie, like, yeah, yeah. He's a great creepy. And yeah, this was like height of hot Jude Lawdom and they like gave him a balding head. And he's not as he's not as hot. And he's a creepy, creepy guy. And then eventually he gets that glass all over his face and he's even more creepy. I was sad. Yeah, I was going to ask, were you shocked? I remember when I saw the movie for the first time and it happened, I was kind of shocked. I wasn't really shocked. I wasn't really shocked. It was a pretty bleak movie. Like, I, he's not a good guy, even though he's our yeah. protagonist. Like, good guys usually don't make it. Like, I kind of, I had a feeling like it wasn't going to go that it way. It just felt so good when they're at that beach and he's just there watching his son. And then bang. I would, yeah. Like it was in my head. I'm like, yeah, this shit's about to happen. <laughs> like they were I'm like, this movie doesn't get a happy ending. I can feel something coming. But because I'm like, we never saw Jude Law die. Like I figured he'd show back up at some point. Yeah. But, you know, his Tom Hanks could die happy because his son wasn't like him. Yeah. That was that. That was our happy ending. Yeah, that the son was like Tom Hanks was at peace because his son was not a murderer. Yeah, which is bleak, but I I thought yeah I loved it. Oh man, I love that movie. Oh, it was cool. It was cool to see Daniel Craig just play like a slimy shithead. Like that's not usually his lane. Yeah, I like I said, out of the lanes. Like for me, it doesn't get much cooler than Tom Hanks is like the mob enforcer where <laughs> it's like he's this badass man he's a badass when they when that one guy sets oh, him up man. to kill him and he's just like no no i shoot you instead i think i would give road to perdition a nine nice i would also give it a nine i thought it was really really good oh yeah all right and with that we have Main Street, and today we got three movies for you. First up, we're going to talk about 12-Hour Shift. Cameron, what is 12-Hour Shift about? Oof. <laughs> this is this is one to do a synopsis on, huh? I can take um, it if you don't want to. No, it's fine. I'll take it. It's a 12-Hour Shift follows a nurse, and this nurse is uh, this lady who... Is kind of a bitch. <laughs> I don't you know. And you find out she's kind of a bitch. And then she's also a drug addict. Like she does all these drugs. And also she's selling organs. Market. And you're like, oh, so she sucks. But then you also find out that she's a murderer. Like she murders people to harvest their <laughs> organs. So it's like. Our protagonist is a terrible person, one of the worst. And the story just kind of follows the story of uh, one of the organs 
She uh, sells, she gives to her cousin to give to a, or an underground organization, and her cousin's a dumb, dumb fucking lady, and she messes it up. So she comes back for another organ, and and just a lot of a lot of hijinks ensue, like a ton. <laughs> it, it would be kind of hard to get into them all now. Let's just say. But yeah, yeah, it, it follows these ladies. There's a uh, very eccentric. There's a murder. It's a very eccentric movie. There's a murderer played by David Arquette that gets admitted to the hospital. There's a the black market is headed by Mick Foley. Hell yeah. AKA Manmind, who rules. But he sends one of his goons weird to hear after Mick Foley the say the F word. Yeah. He was a bad guy. And he sends one of his goons to the hospital to kind of make sure the lady gets the organ. That guy and... might have been my favorite character. <laughs> me too. It was he was pretty he reminded great. Reminded me of Penny Powers, he... or like he reminded me of like a Danny McBride character. Yeah, he was pretty goofy. He was almost likable, even though he was like the worst yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's yeah, that's basically the synopsis. It's just a wacky 12-hour shift of this nurse as she's trying to make everything go okay. And what would you what would you, what yeah. did you think of it? Oh, it's, it's kind of complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's a lot going on. I'd say overall I wasn't I wasn't enjoying it for like a lot of the movie, but then like it kind of culminates in this last 20 minutes where everything they did came together so chaotically. It was kind of (laughs) beautiful. I'd say it was like, Oh, I don't know if the whole journey was worth it to get to this point, but this is, this is a good point to be at in a movie. I agree with that. Like I just, it kind of reminded me. Good. Anyway. um, I was going to say, this is a really obscure reference, but uh, did you ever see a movie in the early 2000s called One Night at McCool's? God, I, starring I, Matt I, remember, I saw that in theaters, I think, but like I don't remember hardly any of it. Starring Matt Dillon? Well, that's what I kind of thought. It was like, it's fairly forgettable and the whole movie is just nah, but it, that's, it just culminates in like an ending that's so crazy. It's like, I kind of love that. That's what I thought about this movie. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, so the uh, the first of my my leg going crazy moments was when the henchman catches a syringe uppercut through the eyeball. Oh yeah! Like yeah. my leg said, "No thanks," and I started yelling a little bit because I was in a lot of pain. It's just a weird thing that yeah, happens, that was... man. I see shit on screen, and my legs like, ow! And I'm like, God damn it! That was that was awful. That was awful. But yeah, there was <laughs> there was just some points where everything was kind of like it was all coming together. It was hilarious. Like when the henchman burst in and was grabbing the the, the dumb cousin, but then <laughs> that one. The lady with dementia, who she said was a friend from church, was like, "That's my friend from church." Yeah, she had no idea who she was. Uh, it was that I was laughing pretty hard then. Or like the the patient who was like sitting there on dialysis, 
and the cousin comes in there and she's just like like what is this and he's like what the fuck it's dialysis it's like I'm sitting in <laughs> yeah, the chair hooked up to the fucking thing because <laughs> she's yeah she's dressed up like a nurse and, and then she just going around guy. being stupid she kills this fucking guy to like get his kidney that they need and Mandy the head nurse is just like you fucking moron like he's on dialysis because <laughs> his kidneys are shit yeah I can't use this and then she then she gets desperate and kills some random kid hanging out in the parking yeah, lot and steals skater. his bladder. She kills his fucking bladder. <laughs> it's like, I can do this. Not his kidney. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of yeah, Jackie. Did you ever watch Nurse Jackie? I did not. I love that show. But, like, the main character is pretty much Nurse Jackie. Minus Nurse Jackie didn't fucking murder or steal organs and shit, but She's just like a scrawny, yeah. kind of homely, kind of bitchy nurse who was addicted to drugs, who did bad shit. I don't know. It reminded me of Nurse Jackie, but I like Nurse Jackie a lot more. Yeah, this this main character's a little reprehensible, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm never really rooting for you here. No. But it is kind of funny. And, like, at the end, like, the cousin girl just, like, takes off her scrubs and just walks off into the city like bottomless and in a bra. Yeah. And I was like, that doesn't seem necessary. You could have put something on. Yeah. Like you're you're probably gonna get picked up real quick walking around like that. Yeah. Yeah, the one the henchman guy also he had like he had like a close head shave except the back was he had a little in the very, very back of his head, he had this long ponytail thing. I was like, I forget what that's called, but it is the most trash of haircuts. Yeah, like I said, it reminded me of a Danny McBride character. And then, like, when, yeah, when I don't the, know. the cousin was, like, outside trying to find the organs she left there, and she's bent over all hardcore, he's like, I ain't got time for your sexy bullshit, Regina. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. The way, yeah, that that was my favorite part. Like the when he's talking to her there, I don't know why everything he was saying was cracking me up. When when she doesn't find the kidney, she's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "What the fuck you need, Regina?" Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why the delivery on that just killed Star, me. My favorite fucking what line the fuck out of the whole movie was like, <laughs> "They're all in there, like Mandy and Regina and this guy to like." grab Mandy's brother and like get him out of there so they can take his fucking organ or something and then the cop yeah. that's like been watching the whole place the whole time like just points his gun and he's like freeze and like the fucking dude just points his gun and he's like no you freeze and I was just like damn you never, <laughs> yeah. you never see anyone do that usually they get shot once they put their gun up <laughs> or yeah he just gets annoyed with the cop keep pointing the gun at him he's like He's like, shut the fuck up and just shoots him just casually. And then fucking he's just like he points his gun and fucking he's like, I like don't make me shoot. He's like, You already shot me, you motherfucker. I don't know. That dude was my favorite <laughs> character. He was just such a dumbass in the best way. I agree. I'm with you. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh... What would you give this movie? 
Um, maybe I give it like a. I'm gonna go with a seven. Like I said, I was pretty underwhelmed the whole way through, but that last twenty minutes were some of the best. So I was gonna go with like a six. Okay. Like it, I enjoyed it more than I didn't enjoy it, but I far from loved it. I'm with you. I feel you. Like that Mick Foley performance, like I was so happy and surprised because like I don't see him in movies ever. And I was just like, what are you doing here, bud? Yeah, there wasn't enough Mick Foley. The movie ended on him. I was hoping we'd come back to like a little bit more of his antics. I mean, the movie ended on him walking into the hospital, like with the he's probably going to kill Mandy or something. So that's that's cool. Yeah. Get ready for fucking 12-hour shift to 13-hour shift. Yep. All right, and with that, we move on to Netflix's Malcolm and Mandy. This is Marie. Oh, what? Yeah, Mandy's from the other movie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What? Sorry. As soon as you said Marie, I'm like, how dare you? I'm like, oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Malcolm and Marie, excuse me. And uh, this is about... A couple, and that's it. <laughs> no, like it's it's about a couple that it's this man Malcolm's big night. Like he has a film premiere, he directed a movie. Like it's the biggest night of his career, and he and his girlfriend Marie, who's played by John David Washington and Zendaya are coming home from the film premiere. And it's just like an hour and a half, two hour glimpse into what it's like to have like a knockdown, drag out emotional fight with your spouse on such, or not spouse, but you know what I mean? On like such a big yeah, evening, significant other. such a big evening in your life to like just feel the weight of that at the end of the night and just like let's have it out then let's fucking say everything we ever wanted to say kind of movie you know Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's basically it like the whole movie is just them it's all dialogue of them just like talking it's just those two things and they're the only two people in the movie yeah that's it and i thought it was fucking awesome dude Oh really? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Like I was, okay. I was. I can see why anyone wouldn't. Like if you didn't, I don't begrudge you whatsoever. I just this is like my shit. Like this is my wheelhouse. Like these fucking hardcore, like aggressive, like monologues and conversations, and like just like a bottle episode almost of just it's like one night in these characters lives and I was here for it like I was so into it like uh, at the very beginning like the whole film shot in black and white and at the very beginning I was like that's kind of pretentious but like very shortly in I was like no dude it works like it looks super cool in black and white like the contrast of like like their characters of color and the contrast of their shades. Like, I don't know. It looked really cool to me. Like just the general black and whiteness of the movie. Like it popped, like it looked really good. Like it was just a really good looking movie to me. 
Yeah. And like the performances were both knockout fucking performances. Like I've never seen either of those actors that good. Like, the best I've ever seen John David Washington is in Ballers, and he's in Ballers. So, like... Right. To see him here, I was just like, wow, he's he's Denzel's son, all right. Yeah. So, it sounds like you might not agree with me. Um, I I kind of hated this movie, man. Yeah, I, I mean, like... Oh, I... So yeah, it's just this. It's it's a fight. It's just a couple fight, and one of the one of the many times uh, Malcolm he levels at Marie that she's exhausting. He keeps saying that, and she is. And this movie is to me. It's exhausting. It's just this fight that keeps going and going, and when it seems resolved, then it just keeps going. And I hate fights. Like, I don't, I wouldn't sustain a fight nearly this long in my real life for any emotional reason. So, to watch one is just, ugh. Ugh. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say the performances are good, but it's like, why? Why do I need to watch this? Why would I want to? I felt this, it's the same way I felt when I watched The Dig. It's like, why did I need to see that? Who decided I need to watch this? I don't know, man. Like I, to me, I have no ill feelings toward how you feel at all. Even though I super enjoyed it, I have never understood more why someone would not enjoy it. I was like, this, like I said, is my wheelhouse. Like I love just knock down, drag out couple fights. I think they're fascinating. Like, I love I guess. Marriage Story. Last year's Marriage Story is another example of, like, that kind of flick that I'm just like, I dig it. I want more. Marriage Story, I liked. I feel like Marriage Story worked a lot better because they had, like, a one major knockdown dragout fight. Yeah. Where everything was said. And, I mean, it lasted, like, however long, like, ten minutes or something. But it's like, in you would have so long to think of all these things and then just say all these things these people it felt like felt like aaron sorkin-esque dialogue where it didn't feel realistic to me at all where it's like they're having these fights but then they're very maturely discussing all these emotional weights and everything and it's like this isn't you know i've been in so many fights where you're just like you're fucking stupid and that's that's how that goes (laughs) i don't go that's why you're movies (laughs) yeah I'm. I'm just saying. I just. I don't I connect it. with. It, which is I funny because. Sorkin too, though. I enjoy some of Sorkin. I don't enjoy like a lot of his Westwood, oh, West, West Wing uh, dialogue, like diatribe. Let's say, but because yeah, it would feel like this. Like when I get angry at my wife, I'm like. You know what? You're so emotionally stunted that you need the supportive. And I'm like, if you know, if I don't know, man. These are and Hollywood. Like you, he's a writer. I guess, and she's an actress, but she gives it back just the same way. I love the scene when she came in as if she fucking relapsed or was never even clean. I'm like my jaw was on the ground. Then it just turned out she's like. Yeah, that could have been in your fucking movie. And I was like, oh! 
And I could see anyone in the world being like, what bullshit is this? But like, I was, I was super into it. I was like, oh shit, she's not even sober either. But then she's like, yeah, that was the, the one time I was invested. And I did, I did like, I did like the one line payoff where he's like, why didn't you do that in the audition? Yeah. It's like, well, shit, why didn't you do that in the audition? Which I like that. I'm just saying, yeah, it's, there's not a lot for me else to say. I mean, I just, I thought it was a little pretentious. And then Zendaya, she acted well, but man, and him, both of them, they do the, they do the one tear down the face so many times it starts to lose its effect. She must have done it like eight times in the movie. I'm like, okay. Okay. You know, well, she was stop crying. She was consistently on the verge of holding that one back. I guess. I guess. Uh, like it was better when Denzel did it in Glory. What? Sounds like we kind of disagreed on this one. Yeah, I don't think we came down the same. The only thing we agreed on is the thing you texted me. <laughs> when uh, when there's a shot when they're about to have sex, but he has to go pee, and she's laying on the ground, and then the camera just focuses on her face for like a full two minutes or something, but it focuses on it upside down, and it's like, this looks weird. Like, I don't like the way faces look when you look at them upside down. Like, it looked fine for, like, a long time, and then, like, right toward the end of the shot, it, like, started to morph into something different for me. Like, I was just looking at it for too long, and I started to see, like, one of those, like, Quiznos rats from the old commercial, where I'm like, her mouth looks like her eyes, and her eyes look like her nose. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. And that was another, yeah, it was like, um, I mean, I think stuff like that gets a little pretentious where it's like I need to sit here and look at her face for two minutes as you know as she does the one tier thing of course no I thought you like you'd either like not really like it or you'd love it like I wasn't sure where I, you would fall kind of like with other people yeah. I was like he's either gonna like this or fucking hate it yeah, I think I fucking hate it. I don't like arguments. I don't like arguments in my real life. I will keep I that in mind. Like I mean, maybe if you watch one that's that's it hits emotionally hard just once, like Marriage Story or something, I'm I'm fine with. It. But the whole movie, it's the whole movie. Like that's all I'm watching is a fight. <clears throat> I can, I can, I can hear you. I hear you, and I feel you. Although I will say the one thing I did like because I felt so relatable is when, you know, like they're about to have sex and he goes pee and he comes back and she's just like Malcolm and he just hears his voice like, yeah, <laughs> like, he, he's like, we're, he's like, you could tell him that he's like, we're not having sex. <laughs> Which, I'm like, oh, man, I've I've made that noise before. I'm like, yeah. All right. Like Cameron. uh Uh, all right yeah (laughs) so yeah there was stuff in there i think like you said it was acted well it's just for me it was a lot like the dig it was like what's it what's the end goal here i I never saw john david washington like that before i was like holy shit man you are denzel's boy like you're very very good he was good 
he was good and she was good. Because like I never saw Tenet, so like I don't know. I hasn't gotten the best reviews. But like I, yeah, I've, I've seen, seen him in Ballers where he plays like a star kind of wide receiver trying to like make money and like he's good in that, but it's ballers. Like it's not an acting class. Right. So I don't know. I I like him. I'm like I'm excited to see what he can do moving forward. I don't know. I would okay. give Malcolm and Marie an eight. Alright. Respectable. I give it a I give it a five. I mean, like I would go lower, but I have to respect what they did, like the acting and I do think the look overall was good. It went through the house pretty well. They used the house very uh capably. It didn't feel restricted at any times. So yeah. Yep. All right, then. And finally, we watched The Tax Collector. Cameron, tell the folks. Uh, The Tax Collector follows this. uh, It's a Latinx Mexican guy. I think he's Mexican. He's a Latin guy, we'll say, as he goes around and he collects like a kind of like protection money i think like taxes they call them for underground organizations like criminals basically the criminals pay he works for a company that the criminals pay like their respects to and uh yeah this guy works with another guy named crab creeper i forget what the main guy main guy's name is do you have that said uh fuck said sedeno or something are you yeah, about the bad guy. But yeah, <clears throat> no, the main guy, like the main guy. Oh, I don't remember. Shia LaBeouf's all. friend. I don't remember. Okay, I don't. I didn't write that down for whatever reason, but I have Shia LaBeouf as Creeper, which is his friend. Creeper's like a uh, his little enforcer guy as they go around and collect these taxes, and uh, they go to collect one guy's tax, and he's like, "Nah, dude." You're not the you're not the people we pay to now. I, I pay a new guy, and this new guy comes out and he's like, "Yo, you're you're the old shit, man. I'm the new shit." So then the the tax collector guy, the main guy, and creeper they go to the main guy's uncle, played by George Lopez, who's like kind of running this thing now. He's like, "Yo, man, I'll take care of this shit," and then they. <laughs> They go to a nightclub where they see that guy that there was like, hey, I'm the new shit guy. And he's like, hey, man, I, I ran into your uncle here. And he pulls out a cooler and it's got George Lopez's face in it, head in it. Yeah. <laughs> you saw George Lopez's head in a cooler, which was nice. And then, uh, so yeah, then they kind of, they kind of batten down for war. And it's this war between this, these, uh, Cartels, I don't know what they are exactly. These tax collector people for underground organizations. And uh, what did you think, Joel? Buddy. 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 This movie was violent. It was pretty violent. I don't know the last time I saw a movie this violent. 
Yeah. I was, it was upsetting in a lot of points. It, it was upsetting. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle you off my my final three times where my leg went crazy. Can I guess one of them? When I saw George Lopez's face in a cooler, I was like, "Oh!" Uh, Can I guess another one? Is uh, you know it, Shia LaBeouf's death. Yeah, yeah. Like hammered in his legs repeatedly as he's already like nothing but blood. And then the guy stomps his face into nothingness. Yes. I that was like a twenty second scene at least, and I was like, "How? How? 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 Like it hurts me so bad. Like I I can't convey that enough. How badly it hurts my leg. Like it's a physical. Like someone's stabbing me in my leg, and it hurts so much. And I'm like, you can stop kicking him in the fucking face. Oh. And then the yeah. final one is when the main guy is just smashing that dude's face in with a kitchen sink. Yeah. I was just like, this movie is brutal. It's pretty brutal, man. And I like that Shia LaBeouf's name was Creeper. Creeper. I'm Okay, I'm just going to put it out here right now. Shia LaBeouf, I know I'm a Shia LaBeouf guy, but he was my favorite part. I loved him. I thought he was, he was amazing. Great. He was my favorite he part was, too. He was incredible. Uh, yeah, he was just and there was some uh, there was some controversy. I know you hadn't heard it before this movie was really when this movie was coming out. It was like Shia LaBeouf was accused of brownface because he plays kind of a he's a white guy in a Latin neighborhood and he kind of talks a little cholo-ish. But the director, David Ayer, says, yeah, I, I've known so many people like that, white people Absolutely. who grew up in Latin neighborhoods. Like they just adopt and I'm like, an yeah, accent because that's what they're around all day. Yeah. But yeah, I thought he was incredible and I hated it when what happened to him happened to him. Yeah. I had a very visceral reaction. I was, no, no. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> I had an actually visceral reaction. I was like, nah. You did. But, uh. Yeah. I was invested in that character. His name was Creeper. I was like, and this might not be politically correct, but I was like, I hope there's at least one scene where some dude's like, hey, it's Creeper. I needed that in my life, and I never really got it. No. You get that. Like I just I've heard that a lot between like Latin like hey Joker, like I wanted to hear someone go hey what's up creeper, <laughs> like I needed it, I wanted it. Yeah, I'd say generally the the Latin accents weren't really over the top, because <laughs> yeah they weren't that bad. Probably the most uh, over the top one was George Lopez <laughs> when he's doing his so. That was fun. It was fun to hear George Lopez just get all serious, like, hey, what the fuck, man? You think I'm fucking scared, you little fucking bitch? I'm like, this is George Lopez, man. That's yeah, same with Mick Foley being like, ah, oh, get me my fucking kidney. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. no. That's, yeah. dude, that's dude love. What happened? And I'll say, I'm not even a big George Lopez fan, but it was shocking to see his head in a cooler. Yeah, a little bit. 
Yeah, like, hey, man, I ran into your uncle. Think so, yeah. You want a soda? (laughs) (laughs) I fucking, one part that I was like, okay, (laughs) was uh, when, like, the main guy and his girl Alexis are about to, like, flee town, and the guy's like talking to his sister and she's like don't don't break alexis like don't like we're about this life like she's pure like don't break her and then he goes to his house and she's like dying in his bed and he's like oh and he just leans over her and she goes you broke me <laughs> and i was like bro <laughs> I didn't. I guess I missed that entirely. He broke me. Yeah, like he just leaned down. He's like, "Oh, it's gonna be okay." It's gonna. And she's like, "You broke me." I was like, "Fuck you." Okay, that's a little corny. I'm glad I missed that, but I guess you were there to pick it up for me. That was my subtitles. Like I didn't even hear her say it, but my subtitles were like, "You broke me." Wow! Wow! All right. I'm just like, okay. And I'm like, really? Like, you don't think this guy has enough on his plate right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It was, it was, it was upsetting. The yeah, his first his best friend and Shia LaBeouf, and then his wife, and it's just like this is some bleak ass shit, man. Creeper. I mean, <laughs> a creeper. Say it. That's fun to say. A creeper. Yeah. It's fun. Creeper, meet Joker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you sound like a caveman. A caveman. Sorry, it makes me laugh. It's, a cave Mexican. That's not they do when act. they have those weird nicknames. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, Creeper was awesome. Creeper ruled. I know, but... I've, been, I've been trying to load you up with Shia content. Like, I don't know when he's coming back. Yeah, he might be taking a little hiatus after his recent uh, allegations. Recent I don't know. It took a while for him to win people back after his last unpleasantness. So yeah, who knows how much longer we got. He checked himself in an inpatient psych facility. Yeah, hopefully. Hope the best mm-hmm. for the guy. I've been an inpatient psych before. A fucking Shia LaBeouf walked into my hospital. I would... I would lose my mind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our, uh, I would say our mutual friend, but our mutual acquaintance, uh, Jake, he yeah. ran into, he ran into Shia LaBeouf at a gas station and didn't say anything. I was upset. Yeah. You told me that. I wanted, I would, I don't know, if I wouldn't, I would at least say hi. <laughs> hey, Shia, at the very least, if not tell him I was a huge fan. I honestly don't know if I would. Because he frightens me. He's very intense. I was like, I don't want to be on the opposite end of that intensity. Like if they catch him on a bad day. I do. I do. I just want to see what it's like just to stare into that intensity. I don't. You gotta you gotta face your Shia. I guess. That's man, you gotta face your shyas in life. Alright, so the tax collector, what would you give it? 
I'd give it a 7.5. I'd say I was along for the ride pretty much the whole time. I would go a 6.5. It was a little bit too fucking violent for me. It was pretty violent, and uh, and I was, but yeah, it it really it really hit me where I live when Creeper died, man. I didn't like it, but at least I felt something. Of course you didn't. It was awful. That could have been the bad guy, and you'd be like, I don't like this. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that does it for episode ten. Admit it's a ten episodes, Cameron. Are you sure? I thought this was eleven. I think it's 10. I might be wrong. Maybe it's 11. I don't know. I thought it was 10, though. We should know. Anyway. But, yeah. Double dig. Double dig. And so next week, we have a show for you, which will bring you reviews of... Um, <laughs> this this will be a fun one for both of us. Uh, to all the boys I've loved. Or to all the boys, P.S. I love you. The third in a trilogy of very, very popular Netflix romantic comedies. Yeah. Oh, really? It is like extremely, extremely popular series that I've just never watched. And we're going to start on number three because it comes out tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not watching the other two. Yeah, no, me either. Unless I somehow love this one. But uh, who knows? It's like I said, it's very (laughs) popular. Maybe it's We'll see. And then we have uh, the Netflix docuseries Crime Scene, Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Hmm. Because I know you like those true crime docuseries, and there's not a lot of amazing television this week. So I was like, let me throw him a bone, because I'm throwing him a rom-com. Okay. And then finally... HBO Max and WB's Judas and the Black Messiah. Which I am okay. very hyped for. Oh, that's the Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, Stanfield, Jesse the other Clemens, Oh, yeah. Like Black Panther yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm excited like for that, too. to be the shit. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very excited. Me too, man. Uh, so that about does it. Right on. Keep it real, everyone. Keep it real.